Well, Wall Street is all about interest rates and tapering and raising interest rates and hanging on every word from the Fed. The um, Actually, the Fed's words seemed to ring true with Wall Street, and we rallied sharply after uh, Jay Powell's news conference on Wednesday when he announced that they were going to start laying the groundwork for raising interest rates. I guess it's built into it. Uh, nobody watches interest rates closer than the financial institutions. Comerica's a great one. The market loves them. Stock's up 60% for the year, up over 80% year over year. That uh, must make Kurt Farmer happy. He's the CEO of Comerica and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. David, it's great to be with you as well. It, it must be nice to have Wall Street in love with you, too. Well, I think the whole banking industry is benefiting from uh, the resurgence of economic activity uh, following 2020. We've had a nice run across many different fronts on the economic uh, side. We can talk about some of the things that are working against us as well in terms of the economy. But the bank stocks are also benefiting from the talk of interest rate increases. And so we've had the chance to benefit from that as well. Yeah, I'm just wondering about loan demand. I mean, I mean, I, I keep I'm amazed when I look at the personal figures and look at the savings rate in this country. And it, it admittedly, it dropped from over 9% to something over 7% their most recent period. But people are hanging on to money. Are businesses doing that too? Are they borrowing money? It's a real dichotomy, uh, David. The, the short answer to your question is yes, we are starting to see a pickup in loan demand, but we're also continuing to see a lot of liquidity in the system. Uh, companies, just like individuals, have accumulated a lot of cash, a lot of liquidity. Uh, there's a lot of liquidity in, the, in the, the network overall, a lot of that related to the stimulus activity. But I think individuals and companies as well have just been more conservative uh, throughout this environment. But having said that, uh, in addition to record levels of liquidity, uh, we're seeing a nice pickup in overall loan demand really across almost every business segment that we operate in, with the exception of the auto dealer space. Yeah, they got, I mean, they, they've got nothing to sell. So they, they, you don't have to floor plan, I guess, if, if they have no inventory. That's right. And, you know, the auto dealers are all experiencing a, a nice period of profitability because their inventory costs are so low. Uh, but at some point, uh, that that model probably um, becomes a little bit unsustainable, you know, longer term. Most dealerships went from having, you know, 90 days, 60 to 90 days of inventory on their on their uh, showrooms and their uh, parking lots down to just a matter of a few days. And if you've tried to purchase a car, you've experienced that. Yeah. And I, you know, with your deep roots in Michigan, I know you, you guys keep up with that closely, but here it's the oil and gas business. And I, suddenly there is a resurgence in the oil and gas business again, and they seem to be less timid about expansion. Are you seeing the loan, loan demand out of the oil patch? We're seeing some pickup in loan demand out of the oil patch. Uh, when you look at just sort of where we are today, uh, we're up about 50% in rig count over 2018. So over the course of the last you know two to three years, I think U.S. rig counts now standing a little bit over 500. And you look at sort of the increase in uh, crude prices, West Texas uh, around $80 a barrel right now, it came down a little bit today because of some of the concerns about OPEC and potential additional drilling there that might hurt uh, prices. But in general, I would say the exploration and production 
firms that we work with are they're drilling in the right uh, basin, uh, primarily the Permian. Uh, they're very, better capitalized. They've done a lot uh, to work on their expense base, and uh, there's a lot of consolidation that has occurred. So the industry overall is a lot healthier than it was in 2015, 14, 15, 16, when we went through that, uh, through that cycle. I wouldn't say loan, loan demand there is robust. Uh, but we're definitely seeing some increase in opportunities in the energy space. Boy, so many people got burned, you know, last year. And there, there really was. I mean, there was a sort of a cathartic move in that industry. I guess only the strong survived. Yeah, I think it's like a lot of industries. You go through a, a, a shakeout in a difficult period of time. You see a lot of consolidation and a lot of strengthening of the, the more significant um, significant entities in that space. Let me let me go back where we started with Jay Powell because I, I I think he's an intriguing Fed chair. He they really seem to be maybe even erring on the side of caution and laying the groundwork and telling us what they're going to do and and preparing us for it and then finally doing it. I mean, they've been sort of laying the groundwork for tapering. And now this is, well, we're going to do it. But if, you know, if it doesn't work out, we're going to back off. But but are you getting clear enough messages out of the Fed right now? I think it's, uh, you know, reasonably clear. Uh, I understand why they've been as cautious as they have been the, the last 18 months. They moved from this period of tremendous accommodation, which was necessary as we began uh, and found ourselves initially in the early days of COVID and the initial stages of the recession that we had in 2020. And I think they want to make sure, based on the experiences in 2008 and 9 and, and 10 during the financial crisis and the recession there, that they're doing everything they can to not inhibit uh, sort of the financial growth of the economy. Um, you know, it was forecast for some time that the tapering was going to occur over the course of the last 60 days or so. So I don't think there was any surprise uh, with the action that was taken, maybe a little bit more modest than I thought they might do. Uh, but if you kind of look at the pace that they set for themselves, they would get through tapering uh, by sometime into uh, mid next year. And depending upon sort of inflation signals, I think they've given themselves a lot of room to either turn the taper off, finish the tapering and the bond uh, purchase program. A move to an interest rate increase, um, et cetera. You know, personally, I think my view is that we will probably see some rate action as we get into the second half of next year. Yeah, I think the market, at least the futures, are sort of pegging July of 22 right now. But again, that's uh, that's a moving target. So tell me about your your marketplace. Uh, this seems to be. And I don't know if it's just because we're here and, and the economy is so good in North Texas, but boy, this seems like a competitive marketplace. I saw Cullen Frost announce they're going to build, I don't know, what is it, 28, 25, 30 new locations in North Texas over the next few years. And there are not too many weeks that go by. I don't see some out-of-state bank that seems to be moving in here and trying to establish a presence. Is it a highly competitive market here? David, it is a highly competitive market, but it's a highly competitive market in, in every market we operate in. You is always right? have a, a wide variety, a wide variety of competitors, uh, from the larger national banks to regional banks like ourselves to uh, community uh, banks, uh, credit unions, now fintech um, technology or digital-driven uh, banking al al alternatives. 
what I always say, and, and it's, it's um, uh, something we've shared with you previously, you know, we're the largest bank uh, headquartered uh, in, in Texas. Um, we've got a really nice presence here in all the major metropolitan markets. Uh, we've moved uh, our headquarters here in 2007 from Michigan. Uh, we've got uh, really strong teams in place in Dallas and Houston, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, uh, as well as a few smaller markets. And we think we compete very well in this marketplace. It's a great place to operate. Um, the economy here is really just phenomenal. You know, we're uh, forecasting, Robert Dye, our chief economist, is forecasting uh, Texas both for 2021 and 2022 to generate a GDP uh, in it, you know, in it better than the U.S. economy over, overall. And when you look at just the continued in-population migration that's occurring in Texas, the corporate relocations that are occurring in, in Texas, um, you know, we talked about the energy um, side of things just a few minutes ago, that's firming up. Uh, you're looking at, uh, you know, really great uh, action on the real estate values uh, in terms of appreciation there. Uh, there's just a lot to think uh, uh, very highly of the, of the Texas market and make it very, very attractive. And I think that's why you have all these corporate relocations occurring. It's also why you have new bank entrance into the market. Well, and your markets, you know, all seem to be pretty good. Arizona's, uh, you know, sort of shadowing what, what's going on here. And California, we talk about it hemorrhaging because we get a lot. We, we see a lot of relocations here and and people. But California's still strong for you, isn't it? Yeah, we are fortunate to be in some great markets. Maybe, maybe just a comment about California. You know, we certainly read some of the top line uh, news about California. We've seen some corporate relocations occur from California to Texas that we've been the beneficiary of here. But it's still, you know, the sixth largest economy in the world. Uh, and even though there's been some more recent challenges there, we still very, feel very good and are still very bullish on the California economy longer term. It's a diverse economy. Uh, you're seeing some strengthening in import-export activity, um, you know, despite some of the log jams that we're seeing at the ports. Uh, the, the entertainment and hospitality businesses are picking back up. Real estate values are, are firming. And so... Um, I, I believe that there are still very good days ahead for the California market, and we're anticipating a growth in California exceeding the U.S. GDP for both 2021 and 2022. Wow. Well, look, uh, again, belated congratulations on a great third quarter, some blowout numbers, and your performance in the, on Wall Street uh, mirrors that, and, and we wish you continued success and through the end of the year anyway. It's good to have you with us. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Thanks. Kurt Farmers, Chairman, President, CEO of Comerica Incorporated. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.